Welcome to Tech Talks, a podcast hosted by the Rotman Commerce Fintech Association about all things business, finance, and technology. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Tech Talks podcast. Today, we're here with Diptendu Samaj Patti, Partner Manager at Microsoft for our Applications of Cryptocurrency episode for the Cryptocurrency series. To start off, can you give a brief introduction on what you do in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Diptendu. You can all call me Dip. I started in Microsoft mostly as a field seller, thinking about app modernization. In 2018 to 2020, I was involved managing the whole partner ecosystem for blockchain. Uh, for Microsoft, so it was mostly about thinking about how do we build a business, what are the solutions we could take to our enterprise customer, and how do we really build digital ecosystem when it comes to blockchain. But last year, I have moved on to a new role, which is mostly on application management and investing in a new product, which is Power Platform for our global partners. So I've moved on from blockchain, but really excited about the topic. So uh, looking forward to this call today. Thank you for that. It seems like you've been present in the field for quite a while. It's very interesting. And just a follow-up question about that. Um, a large amount of our audience probably hasn't heard of blockchain outside of cryptocurrencies. Would you quickly walk us through what blockchain is, essentially, and how the benefits large companies? Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting question because we see it a little different when you think about the cryptocurrency world and on the enterprise side of the world. Specifically on the enterprise side, the biggest trend today is building digital ecosystem. And this is very important to understand where organizations are really looking to create a collaborative network with its suppliers, with its partners, and even customers, right, to solve key business problems or challenges. Now, to make this happen, there are a couple of things that are totally important and critical is we need to have trust and transparency among the collaborators or the stakeholders within this network. And then we also need to figure out like what data and application we want to collaborate on to solve specific business challenges we care about. And that is where uh, blockchain becomes essential. So some of the biggest value proposition for blockchain is if you are building such digital ecosystem, How do we use the capability of blockchain, which is self-sovereignty of data, the tamper-resistant of data that blockchain enables, and then peer-to-peer data collaboration? So really enforcing trust and then provenance of where the data is coming from. And lastly, this is very essential, and there's a business construct of creating governance, a distributed governance across the stakeholder with blockchain enables. So... That is how we are building digital ecosystem in the enterprise world using blockchain and why blockchain is enabling this digital ecosystem for us. Mm -hmm, That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing your insights. So kind of building on that then, blockchain has evolved to a great degree in the past few years. So how do you see further developments for it in the future? From an application point of view, you could take, uh, let's take like three big industries Given the COVID scenario, if you think about vaccines, the biggest problem about vaccines is not about the amount of vaccine, but how do we get it to the patients, right? So if you think about the whole supply chain scenario, it's pretty linear and siloed and 
across different stakeholders like the distributors to the manufacturers to the end clinics they are not collaborating with each other and doesn't have the transparency how the vaccine is moving forward so that enables a roadblock and with blockchain in this scenario if you bring the manufacturer the distributor the government agencies and and even the clinics together in one network you have transparency of supply and demand you have provenance how vaccine is moving through each of the stages across the supply chain and there is better distribution and management of the vaccines going forward so that's one example in the supply chain world where blockchain could play a major role and you could just take that example to any supply chain be it in the retail side where you could manage provenance of ethical sourcing of coffee beans to to even like fabrics which will be helpful for fashion retail side right it could be an airline industry where thinking about from mining the ore to building the airline parts to figuring out how airlines goes through maintenance and who is doing what within that maintenance process and then selling the airline parts uh, in the marketplace and you could really attest to where the part came from how it was utilized and then kind of end of the cycle for that part through so tracking the part through that entire life cycle of the airline if you could say so supply chain in retail airlines and then blockchain could play a major role in you might be hearing a lot about central bank digital currency so so that's an interesting space where i see through those digital currency which is by the way pegged on actual dollar or assets so the volatility is really low compared to uh, cryptocurrencies but i am not an expert there so not much of a comment how pros and cons on that but central banks are using it to really transform across how do we do like high volume trading or interbank trading every day billions of dollar get transacted between say rbc and bmo right and and there is a central bank that does the clearing house effort so how blockchain could actually streamline that process and bring that effort down from like thousands of hours to like milliseconds that's a huge amount of savings and dollar savings for the banks so i'll pause there I, th- th- there are a bunch of examples that i gave out but the applications are huge and and it's a very exciting space uh, going forward that sounds uh, like very promising in the uh, many verticals in which blockchain has a lot of potential thank you for sharing that and you know with the uh, blockchain and its applications that seem to be very developing on many industries there is probably going to be some challenges so what are the biggest barriers to adoption for blockchain technology right now yeah so if if you think about the challenges um i would really divide them into the business side and then the technical side so if you think about the business challenges as i mentioned at the beginning it's all about forming a network of collaboration amongst different companies so be it a big company like walmart bringing its suppliers in that network to collaborate on how different products are flowing through so if you think about that collaboration network there are a couple of aspects we need to think through one is governance on what we really want to achieve from an application perspective or the data that we want to share with each other that makes sense 
and we care about together. So that needs to form. So there needs to be a governing council who makes that decision across different uh, stakeholders. Then there needs to be a construct about the, the different IPs or application that gets created and who will have control of what. So there is a legal aspect to that decision as well. And then third is how do we manage different stakeholders joining that digital collaborative network in the future, like new participants joining in or old participants leaving out, right? So there needs to be a set of rules that everyone could follow when that happens. So all of this together forms your governance construct, your business construct for forming a network. So that's a challenge. There needs to be a set of guidelines. Uh, there are best practices across different industries. Different industries work in different ways. So a lot of learning to be done there. And there are already a lot of work that has been done in that aspect. Then let's focus on the technical side. If you think about any of the examples that I was speaking about, be it tracking a coffee bean from the farmer who is producing that coffee bean to through the distributor, through going across different countries, and then Starbucks using that and selling it to as a coffee that you and I drink. And within that cup, you get to see like RFI code. You could just scan it and see where the coffee bean came from. To make that happen, blockchain is just part of the overall solution, right? Blockchain is enabling trust and transparency in that process. But IoT is involved to capture data. There is a huge amount of networking involved. There needs to be technical aspect of that management process of all of those stakeholders coming into a network. Who leaves? How, do, how, how can new members join or leave the consortium? And so we need to bring all of this together from a technology aspect as well. So how do I quickly turn up a network? How do I quickly manage identity across so many people? Distributed identity, not the general identity that we talk about today. So a lot of work is happening on the technology side to create like templates or accelerator tools by industry to quickly turn up those networks and build solution on top of it. And some of the public cloud companies are really thinking about how to give like managed offering to make that simpler and, and, and efficient for the end customer and also big partners who are trying to build the solution for the end customer. So there is a business construct, there is a technology construct, a lot of different aspects to it, and a lot has happened over the years and, and, and probably there is a lot a lot that's going to happen in, in the next few years when it comes to which ledger people are going to use more, how do they develop, and also like managed services that get built on top of it. Mm -hmm, that's really great. Yeah, I think we can definitely see a lot of development in the next few years in this space. So kind of moving into more blockchain specific questions, what would you say are the impacts of digital ledger technology and blockchain on banking, financial markets, and like financial market infrastructures? Mm, yeah, so I think finance is a huge space. <laughs> and, and, and during my time in blockchain, I think that was the biggest industry where we saw a lot of use cases coming through and, and a lot of appetite for exploring how blockchain could help. A couple of examples that I could give is 
If you think about inter-country remittance, so normally if I want to send money to my parents from Canada to India, it takes five days, right? The reason it takes five days because it goes through a lot of verification process in the middle between different central banks and local banks, A, to identify who the tendu is and who is sending the money to. And second, is the money ethically sourced and we are following like proper process, can we prove the source, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now, if you think in the blockchain world, what could happen is we bring the central bank, the local banks, some of the digital payment systems together in one network and also some of the government identification system so that we could prove that whole journey on where the money is coming from and and how the money is is exchanging hand, prove that provenance and that transparency across all of these stakeholders, that time could come down from five days to milliseconds. That's a huge benefit that could happen. The second one, small businesses who are trying to expand their business across the globe. So think about line of credit. So line of credit is is something any bank give out based on to reduce counterparty risk between buyer and seller. So a buyer goes to a buyer bank and says, I want to get a product from a specific seller in a different geo and I need buy I need money to do that. So the buyer banks actually go through a lot of risk evaluation on is it like a manual compliance check third party evaluations across different systems or third parties, and then create a risk profiling of that buyer to say uh, whether they could repay the money back or not, as a simple example. Same is happening on the seller side. The seller bank is checking on the compliances on whether the seller could provide that product in the first place. Do they have the capacity and then can they sell it, which means like market compliance or not. So all of this check happens and then the buyer and seller gets letter of credit which they exchange and then they could sell the product and get paid out. So this whole cycle takes on average 75 days across major banks. If you think about doing it across different countries, it's a painstaking process, but for good reasons, because we have to go through so much evaluations and checking. In a blockchain world, again, if we just bring that buyer and seller bank and then the auditors who have the credit checks and any kind of authentications which buyer and seller has, that could be digitally attested on that network. And people could run provenance, could with one click could get that entire story of all the compliance checks done. This whole process could be done in a day. Um, so that that reduces a lot of turnover, uh, churn, and and kind of savings, uh, reducing that from 75 days to one day. That's that's a huge business benefit, if not only for small businesses but big enterprises as well. So you could just take this concept of bringing different stakeholders into one network across, say, receivables, discounting, or uh, payables, asset la- asset based uh, lending. Or, or even like different kind of guarantees that banks could give out to, to different companies or even individuals going forward by, by using blockchain. And central bank digital currency, we already discussed. So that's a big theme going on. It seems very interesting that remittance could happen in a matter of seconds. I've, uh, I haven't heard of that one before. And it seems like the blockchain applications have 
potential in reforming global trade by unifying a platform for international banks and institutions, which all sounds great. But do you see blockchain being applied to financial services in the near future? How do you see it being applied and what would be the process to apply it practically? Well, some of this already happening, right? So if you think about, as an example, like Central Bank Digital Currency, Bank of Canada has already done a project back in 2017 or 18, which is a public, they have created like public white papers on it called Project Jasper, which speaks about their, their format of digital fiat currency that, that you could utilize and how it could work hand in hand with normal currency. Then some of the mutual fund companies are, are also thinking about how do we track different schemes, portfolio or fact sheet updation, kind of clearing house automation of, fund, of, of like fund reserves and then intraday settlement across different banks. Some of them are already trying blockchain through the ETF systems. So things are in progress. I mean, there, there have been public use cases where you could go and see how NASDAQ is, is using blockchain to, to some of those examples and implementing it across managing risk across different stocks and, and, and setting those processes across big investor companies. So, yeah, I mean, like in the finance sector, a lot is happening as an example, as you could see. But I think there are challenges. I mean, just coming back to the challenges as well is, as I mentioned, getting this digital ecosystem formed, like just bringing multiple banks together to collaborate, to give that line of credit is a big ask. Getting understanding between them on what is the big value proposition of making that collaboration happen. And also there is a big aspect of bringing agencies and auditors into that network as well. So getting all of this mind together in one room and convincing them to form the network and who takes the first step in building that network is always a big discussion and always a big challenge and something that painstakingly takes a lot of time and an effort. But at least networks are getting formed. And and that's the positive sign that we could all take away uh, when it comes to blockchain. There's, there is a lot to go still. We would love to see a lot happening in the banking space. But yeah, I'll, I'll pause there. That, that's more or less my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually saw um, a few reports on Project Jasper when I was doing research on cryptocurrency. And it did seem very interesting, um, but it was hard to understand for me at the same time. So yeah, that was interesting. So kind of moving on from that then. So recently, Citigroup placed its support behind Bitcoin, and they said that Bitcoin could eventually play a significant role in global trade. So do you see any benefits for firms and consumers to switch to a cryptocurrency-based banking system? Do you see this potentially acting as a competitor or like replacements to fiat currency? Yeah, that's that's a tricky question. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm not an expert on that, but my take on it and central bank digital currency or, or like Bitcoin, how banks are taking it up, it's it's kind of a new trend. I mean, they, they have been pushing in the, ba- in, in the past, but, and this is completely my opinion on this, is they definitely need to work together in hand in hand. Like 
the digital currencies that banks are coming out with one thing to really understand is those digital currencies are pegged on some monetary reserves or foreign currency reserves bitcoins of the world doesn't have anything to peg themselves on so the volatility of both of these currencies for the central bank the volatility is less because you have something to fall back on but bitcoin is mostly on supply and demand so cbdc um, central bank digital currency going to refer to as cbdc is more controlled in a way and then both of this bitcoin or cbdc is is a secure digital instrument but cbdc is more equivalent to a paper bill and can be used as a mode of payment in a store value or kind of an official unit of account like you normally do with your credit card and it's typically like a paper based currency note that that carries a unique serial number that could be attested going forward right so so a lot of those problems especially in spaces like in india that we are trying to do away with a lot of black money in the market trying to bring down more regulation that will be more efficient through through digital currency systems and and then it will work as i said it will work alongside uh, your normal regulated money or like coins or bills both for bitcoin and cbdc they are going to work hand in hand and kind of together in the market but it's it's a convenience it's a secure digital form like any other cryptocurrencies but it's reserved backed for your money circulation of the traditional banking system which will make most of the banks feel more comfortable rather than just banking on any of the cryptocurrencies out there so in a nutshell i think banks would love to there needs to be a level of control and transparency on the valuation of these currencies and who controls it and that's where you will always see the banks coming out with the cbdc more and more and certainly we have seen china doing it there have been work going on in some of the european countries on it and and it has a lot of application when it comes to pure settlement processes across bigger banks as i said before like billions of dollar get transacted between major banks every day and at 5 o'clock when the banking banks close down there is a settlement process that happens between them and that could be efficiently done using the central bank digital currencies going forward uh that's a really great insight on the um issue of control and uh the, the dynamics of the space um using it uh using a bitcoin um so i, I guess we're running out of time and it's uh, been really great getting all these insights so i guess uh, for a final question um maybe you could share any specific tax tasks you performed when you used to work um with blockchain uh to perform or drive performance and transparency while keeping privacy um maybe final notes on what you did and uh how it was helpful in the um in the space of blockchain yeah so so some of the work we did back in microsoft and these are all like public information you could go and refer that there has been a lot of work on the starbucks so microsoft spoke about starbucks how we track coffee beans from farmers to the end retail store and as a customer you could go and scan and see where that coffee bean is coming from exactly from which farm at the end of the day that saved a lot of money a lot of waste within that supply chain system which starbucks could at the end of the day could go back 
and incentivize the farmers with a proof of execution for the next year harvest and continue that cycle, right? So yes, there is a benefit that they saved within that supply chain, but then there was a give back from Starbucks to that end farmer. So that's huge amount of benefit. Microsoft also did a project on our own Xbox where you play games. So there are multiple different gaming, you know, gaming stores or gaming companies that work with us to build the games and they have different vendors working for, for them. So normally it takes an amount of time for the game to get sold and then that end vendor who builds that game to get paid out. I mean, like with blockchain, you don't have to wait for like 21 days but it could happen instantaneously when the game gets sold and for that end vendor to get paid out. Because all of that proof in between, like who built that game and how th- that money should be paid out is, is already automated. And, and then on the airline side, the, the bigger goal and coming back to that bigger goal was creating those digital ecosystems. And within the airline industries, uh, we, with, with a major OEM, we tracked the whole end-to-end life cycle of an airline part, uh, which we used to call back to both. So from digging up the ore and creating that airline part to <laughs> kind of putting that in the grave at the end of the day and everything in between, how that airline gets through service services, through maintenance, through how it's flying and uh, what's the story for each of the part of that airline. It's all digitally tracked through a ledger. And there has been some really good research work on the benchmark on how this kind of project could save money for the airline industries. And it's about like 5% of all the maintenance costs that you could think about that amounts to $3.5 billion. So, so those have been like real projects which are showing value to the end ecosystem and also encouraging other customers to think about how to build such collaborative network. And blockchain is all about building those network and bringing those customers together to solve some major business challenges. And that, that, that was more or less the drive from our side within Microsoft to make that happen. And yeah, and hopefully we see more of those projects coming through. Yeah, that's definitely really interesting and great. So while that concludes our applications of cryptocurrency episode for this series, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your unique insights and knowledge, Diptendu. Thank you. Thanks for having me and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Tech Talks. We'll see you in the next one.